Hello Gasheads and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I am your host Nino and well, that's a bit joining more life me... That. <laughs> a bit more life in that <laughs> intro. It's like the sexy I'm robot lady. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Nino. Would you like, like me to do it again? Yeah, 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 right. Are we leaving this in? Um, I don't know. Undecided. Okay. Keep recording. Let's I go. Let's go. Alright, I'll start again. There, ready? Another swig of... More enthusiasm. Dry. Mate, we're in the playoffs. We could get promoted. Can you not it hear might, that in my voice? Happen. Can you not hear the excitement in my voice? Right. Sort out. Ready? Yes. Come on. Come Up on. the knees. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gasheads, hey. and welcome to this. That's way too late. Let's turn this volume down. <laughs> Somewhere in between, Neens. Somewhere in between, all right. Hello Gasheads and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I am your host Nino and joining me in Sporty is Max Alderson. Good Hello, evening. Max. Good evening. And Jack, can you forget my name? Yeah. Cracking intro that means. Thanks, Loved mate. it. That's not the fourth attempt or anything. <laughs> I think we uh, got away with that one. So yeah. Hello everyone. Um, couple of bits to get through before we get cracking into the pod. Uh, firstly, I want to say a huge congrats to the Gas Girls, who have been promoted as champions, having won 13 girls. of their 15 league games this season. Uh, so yeah, amazing stuff from them. And let's hope we can make it three promotions from three next season. And secondly, Duke, Hello. you were one of the hardy souls who took part in the Community Trust Sleep Out of the Mem right, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah talk me through that. How oh, was that? Met, yeah cracking event uh there was 22 gas brothers and sisters who, who rocked up raised a shed load of money for the community trust in kevin in bristol not a lot of sleep was had um yeah I, I kept a lot of people up by uh eating a load of ferrero rochers um yeah <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's, 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 that's the most uh, middle i mean they're they're allowed that chocolate that, that, that hazelnut in the middle <laughs> That's the yeah. most middle class, Our middle class lack of there. choice I can but imagine. But I got, for a I got gifted. I got gifted the Ferrero Rochers because um, I conducted the interview with uh, somebody with lived experience of homelessness. But he was so brilliant. I didn't have to ask any questions. Um, so yeah, that was a really good good part of the night. He, he shared his experience of how harrowing it is being homeless. But yeah, it was, it was a really positive event. I think I was speaking to Adam Tutton on Saturday, and unofficially about six thousand pound. Being raised, amazing by twenty, by 20 old people. So yeah, it's a cracking event, and yeah. hopefully we'll do it again next year. So if you take part next year, what what softer confectionery you're going to go with is your snack? Maybe like Malwam or something. Malwam, yeah, I love a Malwam. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, let's get into the football then. And since we last recorded, we have played away at Carlisle, where we obviously lost 1-0. And then there was the Bradford home game, uh, where Rovers came from 1-0 down to win 2-1 at the Mem on Saturday. So let's dive straight into chatting about that Bantams game. And Duke, coming back to you, because having slept out at the Mem uh, the week before, you were in the box for this one. Yeah, well, I, I was literally exactly up above from where I slept. So we, we slept um, in the West End. And then, yeah, I had the uh, fortune to be up in one of the executive boxes, eating a bit of cottage pie, no, no lasagna. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had a cracking view of it. And, um, I mean, that, that first half, we, we played really well. We, we were that controlling team that Barton has, has spoken about. But, yeah, just, just too many pot shots. I think we had about 15 shots in the first half, none on target. Yeah. So, so that, that paints a picture. And... Yeah, normally when I'm in the East Stand, I come out a little bit later from from the bar. Same happened in the in the box. Mr. Bradford a goal. Like was not expecting that at all. But uh, we just showed great character to come back, and you could, you could tell in the stands that people knew we were going to come right back at Bradford. So it was a really pleasing watch from that. But yeah, I, I thought it was a controlling performance. Good value for the three points. Obviously needed a bit of uh, magic from Sammy Finley to to get us back in the game, but I, yeah, I, th- I think we it was, it was a soft goal to concede. So you, so you take that out and you think that was a pretty pretty comfortable afternoon for us. 
Yeah, so Max, I mean, it's a game that Rovers largely dominated from start to finish. Uh, we had 31 shots over the 90 minutes, which I haven't checked, but I imagine that's probably the most amount we've had in a game all season. Um, and other than the goal at the start of the second half of Bradford, we pretty much kept them at arm's length for large spells. Um, but the first half, to me, did feel a little bit of a continuation of the Carlisle game, where having watched back on the highlights and looked at the stats and heard from people who went to that game, we had a lot of the ball but didn't really create much with it. You know, as Duke said, in the first half, we had 15 shots, none on target. They were all kind of shots from range. We weren't creating good chances. Is that something you're a little bit concerned with, that we're not turning our dominance in games into these good chances or or not? No, because we're turning them into results, um, largely. I mean, you look at over the last 15 games, the only slip-ups we've had have been that Carlisle game, um, the Oldham game, and then we've got to, uh, and, and the Newport loss, which was a narrow loss, which we could have snatched a draw from at the end. The only other results in there are a nil-nil with Mansfield and a nil-nil with Exeter, which I think are two good results in hindsight. Um, so no, I'm not really concerned. We seem we we do create a large amount of chances. Maybe they're not quality chances. And then looking at our XG, there um, he is. I know it is. Here he is with the XG. Um, we, we created an XG of 3.5 or 3.6 on Saturday, which must be a season high. Yeah, I'd have thought um, so, yeah. And uh, me and you, we messaged about it in the week, and um, you said although the XG was high, a lot of them were like 0.2 chances. So every chance we had in the game was pretty much about a 1 in 5 chance that it would go in. But, you know, we created so many of them that on average you're going to score a 2 or 3. So you know, that's what XG is about, is about trying to calculate the probability of the chances you create and how many of them you'll score and we created so many half chances you, you could call them or not even half chances but we created 30 of them so I, th- I think a couple of them are, are bound to go in which they did so um, obviously Sam Finley's strike absolutely brilliant doesn't go in every time but it did and then um, Connor, Connor Taylor with the easiest goal he'll ever score falling at his foot at the far post so um, yeah, I'm not concerned. I think Carlisle was a difficult game. We probably allowed them too much space. They were more dangerous on the counter than Bradford, and they scored um, probably deservedly. And I think a draw probably would have been a fair result, but they took their chance and we didn't take ours. But you know, you look over the last 15 games, and we've won what 11, 12 of them. So I think largely the approach that that we're going at is, is working. So we keep we keep creating, and maybe we can be a little bit more. Um, precise with that final ball and mm. with that final shot whether to take it early or, or maybe we're just overthinking the shot trying to go around the keeper too much I don't know but um, yeah we, we, we definitely can, can maybe be a little bit sharper on that front but I'm not going to complain because you know we've been doing very very well lately and I think this is the first time I've been in the pod whilst Rovers are in the playoffs and that is a phenomenal thing to be able to celebrate I think so far well so long as we finish there yeah I mean at this stage in the season, it's all about the three points. You, you don't care how, how we're playing. As long as we go, get those three points at the end of it. However, the, the signs are there. I mean, you said, what, 31 shots on Saturday, XG of 3.5. We're playing really, really well. What I would like to, to see happen, I, f- I feel like, if, if I'm being critical and, and where we can Im- improve on, Aaron Collins is, has been a bit quiet I, I don't know whether it's it's a service issue he, he hasn't really had that many golden opportunities from what I can remember mm. and I mean him being the, the the focal point up top our, our main striker you would like to see him have more of those chances um so so, so those those quality chances fall into to Collins so hopefully that can change and yeah I, I spoke about the first half of the Bradford game and yeah 15 shots but the quality of the chances weren't high at all so it's like Max was saying we need to get into those those better positions but yeah we're controlling the game defensively still looking pretty solid apart from that that lapse in concentration in the second half but yeah obviously we're we're playing top top opposition who are all in with the promotion shout so it's, it's going to be tight and it is going to be those key moments in, in the key areas of the pitch in, in attack can we finish when, when we get those opportunities and in defense we're going to have to have some of that gung-ho defending get get bodies on the line and somehow keep it out I think defensively we've we've looked like it I mean Taylor and Connolly have been brilliant 
Belshaw, what a revelation he's been. He, he'll always come out with a, a big save. So, yeah, I, I, I think we got enough in us, but it, you just don't know at this stage. It is, it's going to be tight, so it could go any, any which way. Um, just got to enjoy the ride now. Yeah, so going back on uh, Collins, who you mentioned there, because he went through that real hot streak, didn't he, where he scored, I don't know, seven in ten or something like that. And I don't think he scored now for maybe four or five. And like you said, he's not really getting the chances either. It's not like he's missing chances. He's just not getting them as such. But I still think that in terms of off the ball, like Barton said after the game against Bradford, that he thought it was some of the best uh, pressing we've done all season in terms of how well we got in their faces. And every time they had it in the back line, we were just getting right up to them and they were having to go long up to Andy Cook quite a lot and Taylor and Connolly were dealing with it quite comfortably. So even when Collins isn't on form, I think he's still so good at leading that press. And that, like, when we used to talk about Pittman and how, yeah, he scores, but the team doesn't function well with him because he, he can't do that and he didn't do that. And that's why we've binned him out. But Collins, even when he's not contributing that much, he still leads the press so well. And I just think the team functions so well with him in it. I think a lot of that is down to the fact that we probably have one of the best ball-winning midfields in in the league. And when we press that back line and we force them to play an aerial ball into that central midfield area, I have such confidence that either Coots is going to win that header, chest it down, turn and play it, or Finley's gonna gonna absolutely body someone, get in the way, and, and and start carrying that ball forwards. And it's very rare that we get beaten in that central midfield. Um, and and even at the back, you know, if they play even longer to a centre forward, Connor Taylor and, and and Connolly have just been superb. So we quite like the ball in the air. We like teams to to try and play that longer pass or or, or have it in the air because we know that that is our territory. We're very very good um, physically at. At dominating that aerial, those aerial positions, and teams can't seem can't deal with Paul Coots when he's having a game like he did on Saturday. He was phenomenal, and had Finley not scored, I think he would have got man of the match. Um, so I definitely agree that the the front three pressing is integral to that because if you don't give them options to play it from the back, the only thing they can do is play into that midfield um, where we just seem to be very comfortable, um, you know, in terms of dealing with with opposition players. And I think because of that, I've noticed on Saturday, Bradford's defence were quite deep. So for Collins to, to get into the game, it's difficult because he's got so many defenders around him and he hasn't got the space to run into. But then what that means is then our, our flair players, your likes of Elliot Anderson, who, who was, it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant again, again and, and, and Finley driving forward. So Elliot Anderson on, on that left, he had all that space to run into and obviously as soon as he gets going there's there's no stopping him and then for Finley's goal I mean the XG on that is, is probably quite low isn't it but he had so much space because Bradford were, were so deep so even though it doesn't look like Collins is being that effectual to, to the naked eye he is creating all that space kind of behind him and, and with the flair players we got in, in abundance it means they've got all the time in the world to, to make something happen and, and make something happen they, they are yeah Max how impressed were you I think Duke touched on this earlier but how impressed were you with the character of the side because that first half we did dominate um, didn't obviously score a goal went in nil nil at half time and then straight after the second half it felt like it was about 30 seconds into it they punt a long ball up I think there's a bit of a mistake from Trevor Clark in there and they go one nil up really undeservedly even Mark Hughes our manager came out after the game and said they didn't deserve to go one nil up um, and I think earlier in the season probably A I think heads would have dropped on the pitch and the team might have panicked and collapsed a bit and B I think the terraces probably would have turned on the players and it would have got a little bit frustrated and nasty maybe but none of those things happened. I thought the, the fans stuck with the, the team. And also, I don't think there was any signs of the pressure getting to them. Because, you know, back-to-back losses after losing to Carlisle would have been really, really damaging to what we want to achieve this season. Um, and we were staring that in the face, obviously, when we went 1-0 down. But there was no signs of the, it getting to the players at all, was there, really? Yeah, I, th- I think the fans, the fans trust this team now. We've seen the mental resolve of them and the character of this team. And w- we knew that... I think we all had a lot of confidence that we just carry on what we were doing, and if we just carried on following the process of, you know, of the game plan, we would create chances and we would score goals. I, I thought for sure we had two goals in us. It was just a case of whether we were going to get them, um, 
and I, I I said at half time I think the longer this game goes on the more they're going to frustrate us and sit back and it's going to be difficult and then even doubly so when we went one nil down I was scratching my head thinking mm, I can only see us maybe pulling one back and then being frustrated into a 1-1 draw but you know Harley was next to me and he was just shaking his head he was just saying this team has got this team will, will be fine we'll be fine don't worry we'll be fine and I just the longer the game went on I was just like I don't I'm not I trust the team but I just think this is one of those games that is just not going to go our way but you know the team produced as they continue to produce pretty much every week bar the occasional one in every six seven games where we where we do seem to to, to have a little slip but Every time we have a slip, we've always bounced back the next game. Um, looking back to the Oldham game, further back to the Newport game, and to this game, every time we've had a defeat or a draw, we've bounced back the next game straight away with a win. And that just epitomises the, the mental strength of this team throughout. And um, yeah, I, th- I think they've come a long, long way since um, October, November. And yeah, we have a team we're proud of and one that, like I said, we can trust. I trust them to get the job done. And I'm, I'm fully trusting them on Saturday to get the job done as well. And, and, and going forward to the end of the season, I, I have very few doubts that we'll be finishing in the playoffs, to be honest. And that's purely down to my faith in the character and the mental strength of this team as well as the ability of it but yeah the, the mental side is, is huge and the coaching staff and Barton have got it spot on in, in instilling this um, this warrior mentality in this team and what's amazing as well I think is that the start of the season I think we were all saying oh we've signed a load of old players we're like a retirement home all this sort of stuff obviously Pittman's no longer here Mark Hughes is no longer here Coots plays every week but he's absolutely improved tenfold from what he was at the start of the season but I think the average age of our team on Saturday was something like 25 point I don't know six or something like that um you know it, that back four you look at the back four Luca Hall Taylor Connolly Trevor Clark I think Trevor Clark's the oldest at 23 such a young back four three of the four players in the attacking areas of the pitch are so young so it's not like we've got a team of experienced players who are showing this character this is a young group and they're just coming on leaps and bounds it seems like they grow every game almost and we're just yeah in a really good place obviously going to the last few games of the season um so i just want to go through a few of the individual performances from the game we've touched on a few of these already but i just want to start duke with luca hall um maybe not one of his most eye-catching performances on saturday but just what a breakthrough season for him i mean 19 he's already made 27 appearances this season um I just thought he was so solid again against Bradford and he just seems to get better every time I see him. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. And as a 19-year-old who's only just broken through into the team, come up through the academy, that takes some doing. I know we haven't got a load of talent in the right-back spot, but still for him to come in... It would take a good one to remove him from that spot. A really good one. You're right. And and he's, he's added to his game throughout the season I don't even think it's a case of him growing in confidence he's grown in skill level as well his maturity is fantastic I mean the the older heads in the squad have have probably got to take credit for that I mean that's come out in the media quite a lot about how influential the likes of Coots and Whelan have been for for the younger players but he is dependable and I mean he's obviously got a mistake in him I mean Carlisle it'd be the first to holding his hands up to say he should have done better there but over the season he's been very solid and and I think offensively as well I've, I've mentioned it on, on the last pod that's where I've been most impressed about his improvement because teams are going to sit back because of the form we're in and he's able to, to bomb down and he's he's confident to, to call for the ball and, and, and make those runs forward and his, his delivery in is, is fantastic so yeah, he's he's been a real turn up for the books. Nobody would have expected Luca Hall to be a regular start of, for this team. Um, yeah, I mean, props to him. He's he's done amazingly well. I think it's his calmness that strikes me as well. Mm. Like <clears throat> when he's on the ball, even if he's got two or three men around him and he gets it, he just he doesn't panic. Just relaxes. Does a little turn out. Gives it to someone. He's just defensively and defensively when he gets it he doesn't look like he's playing a packed mem towards the end of the season with the crowd like baying for blood you know he just he's just so calm he doesn't just got such and, a and, and, and that and yeah. that that feeds to the crowd as well I mean Max you were talking about trust which was a really good point and you need to earn trust 
So Luca Hawley, he comes in, fans are probably a bit jittery that, God, we got an academy player playing right back. That's not going to be good. You need to prove yourself. So if he's calm on the ball and he goes past their left winger with ease, then you're like, we're in safe hands here. Mm. And then the, the crowd can relax and the crowd can support the team. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real two-way thing. And, um, yeah, Luke is definitely showing that. Going over to the other fullback position then, Max. Uh, obviously, Trevor Clark started on Saturday because Nick Anderson was unavailable. Um, he's obviously someone who's had a very frustrating sort of stop-start season. It was only his fifth league appearance of the season on Saturday. Um, what did you make of him? Did you see anything that would make you want to keep him there over Nick Anderton? Um, I think his crossing's a lot better. He played a really dangerous bouncing bouncing ball in the area that fell to the far post and Anderson was just stretching to stick it in and, and, and put it into the stand. Um, and I think he's definitely better going forwards than Anderton. Um, but obviously, I, I, he was, as we said, he was maybe a bit shaky for the goal. I won't be too critical, it's just one goal and you can't really judge him on one game. Um, but yeah, he... I, I, I like what he brings he gives us something a bit different he, and most importantly he gives us depth you know we're, we're without Anderton we don't know for how long and, and to have him to come in um, is, is a big plus because I don't really like um, Harry Anderson in the left back position he does an alright job there but I'd much prefer someone left footed somebody who, who plays naturally on that side be that Josh Grant or Trevor Clark and um, you know, this is why you have squad players Trevor Clark has, has a frustrated, frustrating season with injuries he seems to be past that now we hope um, and hopefully he can prove over the last six games why we signed him because um, we haven't seen enough of him and uh, I would definitely like to see more of what he can offer um, he was quite highly rated at Rotherham um, in the, you know in the championship and league one as they bounced up and down between the divisions but yeah I'm keen to see what he can bring us it's, 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 it's hard to really judge him on such a sh- like you say five league appearances we've got such a small pool of data and, and, and you know visual Stimulus to kind of judge him on. So yeah. those five appearances spread so far apart. Yeah, as well. exactly. I had no like momentum. The, I remember one game earlier in the season. He, he it was a stonewall penalty. He should have won for us, and the referee didn't give it. Um, so I definitely think he offers us quite a lot going forwards. Defensively, we'll have to see. We've got a tough four games coming up, and he's probably going to feature quite heavily. So we'll see how he does. Um, ask me probably in two weeks' time. I'll probably have a better opinion on him. Was it, was it Colchester with his right hook as well? That that stupid red card he, he got for one yes, of his games. Colchester away. Yeah, I think so. It yeah, was, he's, yeah, he's had a few shaky moments, hasn't yeah. he? And yeah, I mean Ander- Anderton's injury probably came at the opportune moment for him because he, he needed to, to get game time and, and show that he is worth a contract and, and stick it around and there's a lot of potential I mean he's, he's a very different left back to Nick Anderton I mean Anderton is kind of more, more, more central more robust Trevor Clark I mean he's brought in to be a left wing back wasn't he so his attacking prowess should be pretty good and we, we saw glimpses of it and yeah, ho- hopefully you can show a bit more. So, Duke, coming back to you, uh, talking about contracts, because I think the post put out in the week, I don't know if you saw it, uh, an mm. article on when all the players' contracts run out and whether they're around for next season or not. And the one that stuck out to me is that James Connolly, is that his first name? James? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. James Connolly. Beef, he's known as. Beef. Why do they call him Beef? Why Beef? Uh, God knows. Not, not a clue. I'd say he's the least beefy player in the squad. Yeah, he's that's beef? why they call him Beef. Yeah. Works like that, doesn't it? Mm. Um, anyway, is that a contract in the summer at Cardiff? Is he someone based on what you've seen in his loan spell that you'd like to see Rovers go for? Yes, to get him permanently. One hundred percent. He he's been very impressive when when he first came in with with very little fanfare. I mean, we we forgot we even signed him, judging by the tweet, <laughs> and and how he's performed consistently. And, and we spoke about calmness with Luca Hall, and Conley epitomizes calmness and uh, Connor Taylor is going to be a difficult one to to keep because of his form but their partnership like considering they've picked that up midway through the season and they're both two teenagers, teenagers. It, like, it's staggering absolutely staggering so yeah Connolly like for, for his age what, what he's shown 100% and I think w- with his situation we've got a really good chance of getting him like why is he going to stick at Cardiff who are probably going to offer him not very good 
wages. He's well, not going to feature. Yeah, he's not going to feature in the the first team. Mm. Com- comes to us, doesn't get, gets ice. regular starts. Yeah, so I, I think he's pretty much nailed on to sign. I'd say, and he's yeah, he's a really good fit. I know we've already talked about these two, but I just want to go back to Coots and Finley in the middle. Um, Max, I remember, I can't remember at what point in the game it was. I think it was either you or Harley. Let's just say it was you for the sake of this pod. But I think you turned to me at some point in the second half and was like, I can't believe I ever doubted or didn't like Paul Coots. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> because he's just, he's just unbelievable now. Max, are you listening? He's, he's a massive Coots hater. I don't know if he still, still? hates him. I was, yeah, he said that on the pod. Like, I was raging yeah, listening yeah. to that. Coots is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back to earlier in the season... We played three four three, and I don't think that suited him at all. Um, I think he's much better in the four two three one. You just having that back four behind him seems to be a lot better than the back three. And yeah, he just dominates, dominates. Like I said, like we like the ball in the air because we know he as soon as he's he's moving towards it, you know, there's very few people who are going to beat him. I think the toughest midfield battle we've had all season was Northampton away. Um, I thought they were very very physical, but. We went one and up, obviously, in the first 60, 15 seconds or whatever it was. Um, and we had a tough game. But then the last 20 minutes of that, we dominated the game. And that was all down to Coots and Finlay. They were just superb. We just And the fitness of them is unbelievable. Mm. Finlay as well, I was watching him against Bradford in the 90th minute. He was sprinting to get to the ball to hold it up in the corner. And, and Coots as well, they both got a hell of an engine on them. And when you consider Coots... They both, they both started the season injured, didn't they? Yeah. Um, or with COVID. I can't remember which of the two it I think was. Coop started the first game away at Mansfield, got sent off, didn't he? That's right, yeah. But then he had a few injury yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. And Finley, Finley didn't start for a, for a little while. Mm. Um, but since, you know, pretty much since Christmas, the two of them have been pretty much 7, 8 out of 10 every week. They've been phenomenal. They're at the heart of everything we do. And they just give us that platform to attack from. Um, you know, they... they, they, they they, they keep the defence quiet behind us by protecting them and they, they just give us that foundation to then you know give the ball to Elliot Anderson, give the ball up to Collins, mm. let's build an attack. And you know, Finley as well has popped up with a, a lot of those types of goals that he scored on Saturday, some really fantastic strikes. And um, yeah, I, I'm glad that Finley, um, we've got him on a, I think it was a two-year deal he signed and Coots looks to be hopefully extending his contract and everything. he's not. played enough games to extend it yeah but he? whether he will choose to or not is, is, is down to his family him and his family so we'll see on that but you know a great partnership and, and hopefully one for a couple of years to come as well I think with Coots it kind of goes back to that trust thing you said as well I really like that point you made about the trust because I don't know just for me whenever the ball goes to Coots it doesn't matter where he is on the pitch how many men he's surrounded by I just know he's not going to lose it his touch is always good he's so calm he just turns a man gives it to the nearest available player or just plays it. Just he's so good on the ball so calm so composed his experience is coming through and um, yeah I think was he man of the match on Saturday? No, Finley was but Finley. I think had Finley not scored that goal he probably would have been yeah and I mean Coots is a type of player who needs everyone else playing well because the the type of play he does like you say winning it in the air and then dispatching it to somebody with with more flair if we aren't ticking as a team I mean he, he he wasn't really doing that at the start of the season but but you do that in a team that's not very good you don't look great it's easy for him to look you ordinary look great, but if, it, yeah. if you're like an amazing flair player in a, in a poor team you you really stand out so I don't think it's any surprise that our team upturn has coincided with with Coots's upturn as well yeah chatting about the other man then um Finley obviously scored an absolutely amazing goal um I thought watching from the Blackthorn at the time it looked quite central and I saw a few of the Bradford fans online saying oh we should have saved that the keeper should have saved it, it was too central and then I watched a, there was a guy there's a guy called Gas Harry does sort of these vlogs from the side stands yeah. to the left of the Blackthorn in the terrace and um, he filmed it, caught the goal, and the ball just swerves away at the last minute from the keeper, and the power on it is just unbelievable. Like You don't really appreciate it on the highlights when it's filmed from so far away, but it's just such an amazing strike. And I was thinking earlier about Finley, because I'd say he's probably been one of my favourite players of the season so far. You've probably both seen that meme where like there's a bloke sat at a desk, and it's got a tablecloth, and on the cloth it says something like, I don't know, the sky is blue, changed my mind, or whatever. And I was thinking about Finley... In my opinion, Finley is the best centre midfielder, all-round centre midfielder, at Rovers in the last 20 years. 20? Someone changed my mind. 20 years. 
Wow. Um, Astafias has got to be Chris up Lines there. Chris Lines like it was. See, I, I knew someone would say Chris Lines, but Lines off the ball, nowhere near as good as Finley. Yeah, you're right. Like, Finley. we're about to watch Chelsea Finley. Madrid here yeah. in the Sporting. Yeah, 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 Finley's yeah. like Kante off the ball. But snapping at I, heels, getting stuck in, winning yeah. it. I, I think your, your key point there is all round. And, I, yeah, I, I agree. In, in terms of an all-round package, I've spoken about this a lot. It's literally everything. Like the, really I remember <laughs> Met speaking to the, that Codflogs bloke at the start yeah, of the season when we signed like him, Gerard. and the guy said he's like Gerard in League Two. I remember Mets laughing at him at the time. And um, But honestly, like Gerard for Liverpool could do everything. He could win it. He could get stuck in on the ball. Amazing passing range. Scored worldy goals for Liverpool. He could do everything. Finley, exactly the same. What is I, there that Finley cannot do? I have, I have a hot take. He... Everything Sinclair did, Finley does better than Sinclair ever did. The pressing, the, the harrying, the nipping at ankles, the constant running, the fitness. He's got the same as Sinclair, but he's also incredible on the ball. He's, he's about five levels above him in terms of technical he, he ability. He can skin though. past people. He can hit screamers. You know, he's, he's got... Yeah, I agree. I, I think to around to other centre mids, and Sinclair's probably the one I compare him with most just the way he harries players but then on the ball he's fantastic and Sinclair never had that and that was the one gripe I had with Sinclair so Finley yeah levels above that I, I do agree with your core point I think a lot of a lot of players we have who are jack of all trades master of none a bit like Ollie Clark um, good at lots of things but outstanding at nothing Finley is genuinely outstanding at most of the things he does very good at winning the ball very good at driving forwards very good at chipping in with goals they're probably the only thing he doesn't really have is that killer through ball. He isn't really. Create. Well, I thought against Bradford, he put through three or four really good through balls. I think I can't. He, he doesn't. He does this one where he gets wide and then he'll do like a cross over the top, mm. um, like a reverse pass over the top. He's done that a few times, and it's there was one where Collins was on two goals recently, and it was for a hat trick. He had it was an unbelievable oh, pass. Oh yes, I remember it. Um, and another thing Finley does very well is. He volleys stuff first time, and then it'll go to straight to someone's feet. Yeah. And I have no idea how anyone is able to do that technically. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He'll pick out a man from 30, 40 yards away on the volley when he's off balance. And it, I, I just don't... I, it, it's... Yeah. I don't want to get too dragged into hyperbole, but he's probably my favourite player of the season. So I think you could probably argue that someone like Linesy, maybe tech. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Finley technically is absolutely incredible. But you could make like Linesy did play in the Championship for Sheffield Wednesday, so you could maybe yeah. say on the ball he was perhaps a so bit what, better yeah. than Finley. But I'm confused off- as to why he's not played higher than League Two. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think, and I saw another name someone might chuck up is Disley. Uh, Disley in League One, I looked earlier, scored 10 goals for us, which is, is you know, amazing, really, from a centre midfielder. But he's probably a bit before your time, Max and, and, Disley. And, and, but they, and they were just like arriving late into the box. Yeah, like, that, it was a bit of a was, Lampard, wasn't he? Yeah, so, like, but say on the ball, he wasn't as good as Finley. No, no, no not, not at all. I mean, he, he was very robust and he could put his foot in. But yeah, like spreading the play, being a technician, not, not so much. And his goals would come coming in late what, what I love about Finley is as well is, is like his mentality like ev- every professional footballer is going to be competitive by nature you, you can't be a professional footballer without being competitive but Sam Finley by god he wants to win like he's so determined and like yeah he won he tried to play like a 40 yarder and it he just just misjudged it he was shouting at himself so much, and like he, he, he really wants it, really wants it. And it's making another centre midfield comparison, like Lee Mansell. He could drag us forward, like we wouldn't be playing well, drag us forward. Granted, we were playing well on Saturday, but who pops up with that that goal to get us back in the game? Sam Finley, mm. and, and that we were playing well, that, but we were in a do- sticky situation, weren't we? And he comes out with something magic out of nothing. It just, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, well, there we go. Case closed. Sam Finley, best centre midfielder at Rovers in the last 20 years. I've not heard anything to persuade uh, yeah, me I otherwise. Mean, at us, if you, if you think of one. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to go through the centre midfielders. I was going to say 25 years, but then I worked out that maybe Holloway comes into that if you say 25, Ooh. and I'm not old enough to remember that. So I, I put it back to 20 to cut Ollie out. So anyway, um, yeah, let's move on to this weekend's game then. Tranmere away, massive game. Massive. Us three are going. We'll be in the away end. We'll be on a stag do. So the pod next week is going to be interesting. Any of us are going to remember that game. But yeah, I mean, just what an absolutely enormous game. Um, 
Tranmere, best home record in the league, but they haven't won in the last three games. So, you know, a bit of Wobble. hope there. Max, yes. how are you feeling going into this one? Very confident. Ooh, we're going to uh, do them? Love it. I think we'll, I think we'll win. Um, I'm very confident that we're... That we're I think back over the last 15, 20 games, uh, probably last 15, there's not a team that have... That, that we haven't outperformed I don't think other than I think the Newport game probably was even on the balance of play over the 90 um, and that game we didn't have Coots or Finley we played a midfield of Anderson uh, Evans and Whelan and we yeah. looked overrun for most of it. it wasn't until we brought Nolan and Finley on late on that we looked the more dominant team other than that over the last you know I think even the, the home games against Exeter maybe Oldham away Oldham away. I think it was we, an do- off we dominated night. the ball. We dominated yeah. the ball. We didn't create a whole lot, but we dominated the mm. game. We controlled the game. Um, it was another one of those where we had a lot of the ball, but didn't do much with it, yeah. wasn't it, really? I think at least we will have a lot of the ball, but I'm, I'm more confident now, especially over the last 5-10 games, that we will create a lot and control possession and defend through possession, through having the ball. If they don't have the ball, they can't score. Um, and we just do so well at that and... You know they've had two men sent off in the last game. They'll be without their left back and their right winger, two starting players for them. Um, like you said, they're on a bit of a wobble. The pressure's all on them, really. I mean, we we can go there and play our game. We seem very very comfortable with our style of play. Um, we're good at hitting teams on the counter. We're good at hitting teams whilst we're controlling them and on the edge of their area. We've got talent uh, who can get inside their box and, and create problems for them. And we've got players who can you know. If, if they do sit back and have a low block we've got players who can smash them in from 20 yards so I, I think you know I think we genuinely are at the minute the full package in terms of every single we've got every base covered um, and I've no reason to to be worried going into this game I, I'm very confident that we're going to give them at least an incredibly good game uh, a very difficult game and I just I fully back us I go back to the trust thing I just trust us to get the job done um, but it is very important that we go there and not lose losing there would, would be massively damaging so um, if we can't win then don't lose would be so the only thing I'll say. I was going to ask this to you actually but do you think this is more of a must not lose than a must win um, they're all must win really I mean we, we've got to be aiming we're looking at top three but it, it's very difficult for us to make top three right now with Vale and the form they're in Vale are effectively they're three points ahead of us but they're effectively four points ahead of us with the goal difference so we need to, in the last six games, get four more points than Port Vale get. It's a very big ask to do that over six games. But we are going there. We are going there, but that's probably a must win. Yeah. I, would, I, I can agree with what you're saying about this being a must not lose, but we've got to, every single one of these games that we've got left, we can and very possibly you know, we should go and win. You know, there's no one we should fear. Nobody right now in this division wants to play us. No, no one. So why should we... Why should we be taking a draw anywhere we should be going for a win everywhere we can go but that said if we go there and we, we have a really good game and we can't win and we draw so long as we don't lose it's, it's not the end of the world um, but it does obviously put pressure on us I think the point you made there about the pressure being on Tranmere for Saturday is a key one really because you think Tranmere are two points behind us they sit in the last playoff spot Newport are one point behind them so Tranmere are right on the verge of dropping out of the playoffs it's going to be a must win for them as well isn't yeah. it and I think that, that plays into our hands yeah. I th- I think I'm think. i sure there's going to be a big crowd there expectant mm. home crowd mm. baying for blood to come and beat us they need they need to beat us more so than we need to beat them they need to beat us do you, yeah do you think that will play into our hands Duke yeah, yeah very much so very much so um, I, I think with our personnel if, if Tranmere come at us and we can break their lines with our flair players then oh i mean we'll have a bit of a field day i think i mean it's going to be tight i i think if i'm going to put my neck out on the line i would say we're going to sneak it one nil i think that, yeah the way we have controlled games i think we will just do enough to keep building that that pressure and that momentum and we will somehow get a go i i couldn't tell you how it's going to come it's not like we got Forest Green strikers who you know it's going to be one of them we're going to somehow do it I, yeah I've got Max's optimism and I think especially with Tranmere's wobble as, as well I think this is a game that, that we will win 
yeah, automatics it is a must win. I think we need five out of the, the six the, the, because of how competitive it is. Port Vale looking great. It, I mean, it's brilliant that um, Mansfield lost uh, last night. I was, I was really worried about Mansfield. I, I said it on the, the pod last time out. Um, they had a man but, sent off as well last night, Mansfield, against Forest Green. Yeah, yeah and they got to play Forest Green again, again haven't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Port Vale, that's going to be the... Uh, yeah, they're all big games, but that's going to be e- even more massive, especially if we can get the three points on Saturday, which I think we will. Yeah, I just think, as you've both said, sort of the way we control games... Well, I mean, we've experienced it at the Mayor, maybe not so much this season, other than perhaps that Swindon game earlier in the season where they dominated the ball against us and the crowd really got frustrated. I think we could go and do the same to them on Saturday. Yeah. You know, If we dominate the ball like we do a lot of time, control the game, they're going to have a big crowd there. If we can get that crowd turning on them, then, uh, yeah, I think we could be in for, for some joy. And, and our away fans as well. I mean, we, we what, are... We're taking 1,500 or so up there, aren't it's, we? It's, yeah, it's going to be something like that. It's, it's, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be great because... We're starved at success, so whenever we're in with a promotion hunt, like our fans are pretty good at, at, at the worst of times, and, and, and now we're, we're having some better times. It's going to be it's going to be brilliant, and yeah, I think a lot of teams do struggle against that when we are in full voice. And like we saw on Saturday, if we do go one down, going back to that that trust point. We will get right behind the team. I've got no doubt Irene will be sung if, if they score and the kickoff is taken. So, yeah, lots of optimism to, to drive us forward if, if we hit a tricky uh, spell on, on Saturday. So, yeah, I think we're going to play massive part. Max, I am pretty sure that Evans is back fit for Saturday. I think Nick Anderson is also back. Give me your lineup for Tranmere. Um, if Anderton is fit, I would put him in for Trevor Clark. Um, and I would keep Evans on the bench um, for now. Um, I think the front the front three has been good. I like Anderson. Um, both Anderson's on the wing either side of Collins. It seems to work for us at the minute. Um, I know you've been a bit unsure of Nicholson, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd bring Evans in for Nicholson. I forgot that Nicholson was starting, I won't be honest, um, because he was that anonymous on Saturday. <laughs> Evans coming in for Nicholson. Yeah, then. I'll change my mind. <laughs> um, I was trying to think. I was like, who's the third midfield man? And then I was like, oh, Anderson played attacking mid and Nicholson played at left. Yeah, no, um, reviewing that, i completely forgotten who, who that, that 11th man was. But yeah, if that's the case, I would be definitely starting Evans over Nicholson. I think Nicholson, he had a hat-trick of chances on Saturday and didn't take any of them. And against Carlisle, he probably had his worst game I think I've seen him have. He repeatedly tried to take on his man and just looked like he was running into a brick wall and he, he just bang off form he needed he needed a goal on Saturday to kind of lift him um, and he had multiple chances to do that and didn't take any of them so uh, it's it's tough like I like Nicholson um, I think you know we've all seen what he can do he's just not having a great season and with six games to go we need the most informed players we can get and Evans, even when he's not playing well, seems to always produce, mm. um, even when he's off form a bit. So probably he'd edge it for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd be starting Evans. I'm finding Nicholson so frustrating at the moment because like his all-round game is so good and he's quick. He runs with the ball. He can still go past a man. He gets into good positions. Um, I think he's that sort of player that the opposition worry about, even if he's not on form. They do worry about him because of the sort of player he is, and they'll maybe he maybe attracts two opposition men to him, like Elliot Anderson does. I think people are doubling up on Elliot Anderson now. I kind of think they do the same with Nicholson as well, but his end product just isn't there, is it? It's just it's so got four goals this season, five goals, yeah, this season? something like that, yeah. Yeah, what about you, Duke, for the lineup? Would you go for what Max said? Yeah, Evans in one hundred percent. I mean, a, a fit Anthony Evans. He comes into the side because he, yeah, he's got so much class. And if you get into good positions like like Nicholson often does, and and, and you don't produce, then it's essentially pointless getting into those positions. If if you if your cross goes out out of play or your shot just dribbles into the keeper's arms, like well done for getting there. Like it takes a lot of skill. And we spoke about his defensive work with, with the high press. It's fantastic. But yeah, I, I share your sentiments about how frustrating it is because we can see that there is a player there. The talent's there. And like he's, like he's not bad. Like He's not putting in bad performances. It's like, well, Max forgot 
he was in the in the team. I think that that, said, yeah. that says that says a lot. So yeah, not bemoaning. It it, it it feels like we talk about Sammy Nicholson a lot, and it sounds like we are bemoaning him. And and I don't think we are. I think, I think it just goes to show how good the other know player players more are. In there as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not like he he's playing at his level. And it's like oh, he's not quite good enough. There's a lot to, to come from him. So. Yeah, it's it's a shame we're not seeing it. It it might take a goal. It might take a I don't know another pre season to I, I I don't know what what's missing. But yeah, we have got so many good attacking players. Anthony Evans is is one of them. We we're chatting about contracts earlier. We're gonna really struggle to keep him if if we don't go up. I, yeah, I say nigh on impossible. So yeah, he's he's definitely the the form player to to come in and he's got a moment of, of magic in him and and we might need that on Saturday. All right, so let's move on to a couple of questions from Twitter. So one is from Weeksy, uh, and he asks, how many wins are required for autos? I think we might need as many as five. What do you think, Max? Do you think we need five of the six to get automatics? Five out of six wins will take us up automatically, definitely, I think. Um, Especially if one of them's over Port Vale. I think four, if we could, we could go up automatically with four out of six if one of those is Vale. Um, I think that's that. Yeah, I think four wins, one of them being Vale, will be enough. Five, definitely. Um, either way, I think I don't think any other team is winning five. But um, yeah, we have to beat Vale. It's all dependent on beating Vale. Um, if we don't, that given the fact that they said you know they're already four points ahead of us with six games, it's not four; it's three points ahead of us. But the goal difference means we have to get four points, and yeah. we have to get four points more than they're going to get over the last six, um, which is a huge ask. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say probably four, 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 including Beacon Vale. And Duke's praying for autos, because as we discovered before we started recording, you're on your stag for what would be one of the playoff semis, I, we I think. Th- I think so, yeah. We, ha- we haven't got the date, so yeah, let's get autos, make a lot of money as well if we get autos, so that'd yeah. be win-win. Let's yeah, let's it. not piss about with uh, playoffs, let's go just on, go straight on, up. Boys, pull, pull, yeah. pull your finger out, let's yeah, get it exactly. done. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Gas has asked thoughts on the stadium and then in brackets he's put the crying laughing emoji reconfiguration <laughs> reconfigure oh is that like the um so basically uh, the we've got reduced capacity this season right because because saturday was a sellout even though there's only nine thousand. No, no, that's right there. so we can no longer have fans along the front yeah um so they're not allowed to sell as many tickets as they used to because we factored that in even though there's plenty of room still for for more more people in the terraces they're no long, you're no longer allowed to have fans all the way along the front of the Blackthorn and on the front of the side terrace. So they've reduced the capacity by about 1,500, I believe. Mm. So to, to combat that, we're basically getting rid of that family stand, yeah. I believe. Yeah, um, we are. Which is uh, right by the, the uplands, the big, the big stand. Mm. Uh, the East, West? East. Yeah, East. East. Yeah. yeah. Um, East. North, east, south, never eat shredded beef. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it in my head. Yeah, the east, the big east stand. So the family stand there, I believe, is being removed because the terrace there, if that's like more of a terrace, that's like another 800 people on basically the seats that are in there. Yeah, I think there's yeah. only like, what, 200 seats in that stand, but you could probably have 800 people in that corner mm. otherwise. So they're getting rid of it, I think. Did, um, did Tom Gorringe brief you tonight, Max? Yeah, that was that the, the Gorringe playbook. I've been reading yeah. the outrage on the forums and how people are like. Outrage on forums? I'm not having no, it, man. No. No. I can reliably inform you that there is some outrage online about this. Um, Gorringe which, out. Fake news. To which I, I say I'm not particularly asked at all. Um, Honestly, I, some of the, the people kicking off about that is so over the top, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. I can understand people who like it, they've taken their kids for the first time and they like that stand and they feel safe there. Fair enough, and I'm, I think there is an alternative being done for that. Yeah, they're giving them the southwest bit, you know, where that? it used to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. People, there's some instances that people just love to kick up a fuss about nothing, and um, yeah, I'm sure it's not nothing. But I just, I, I'm, I'm not really asked about that. I'm more focused on us getting bloody promoted, which seems a very strong possibility. So you know, we can look at the stadium. We all know the stadium's crap. We all know we need a new stadium. We all know the fan zone. Mind, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm yeah, loving the fan zone. Quick, oh. I don't think we've spoken about the fan zone ever on, on a pod. It's absolutely brilliant. It's yeah, fantastic. whoever came up with that, it's such a good idea. We've, we've needed that for, for years, and uh, like obviously it helps that we are flying on on the pitch. So obviously the atmosphere 
before a match is, is that much better. So having that fan zone there where everyone can just, just mill about and like the, like the band, I get like really giddy watching the band because I'm like a few pints deep and they're, they're playing like Mr. Brightside. I oh, feel like I guess you're I right like up for 2, the 2 a.m. and like propaganda here. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, oh, we, oh, we got to go to football and I'm like, buzzing so yeah they like, i'd rather stay and watch the band actually exactly yeah. yeah yeah keep playing one more song yeah and and, and we made it onto footy scran as well which is yeah that was my great tacos account. that made it on there the as tacos, well yeah yeah oh, my mate. vegan tacos yeah. and then i think holmes had the the meat one didn't he oh he did yeah, yeah he was, he was the meat right. version of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah look really yeah. good oh those tacos were phenomenal i'd recommend to anyone who goes along I've, I've long said that you know we've got gloucester road right on our doorstep with so many independent local vendors why have we not set up like loads of stands selling all these different foods and celebrating the, the, the diversity of different um, cuisines and cultures that, that we have on our, our side of North Bristol you know it's why does the Bristol Fryer not have a little hut in that fan zone I think honestly think fish and chips would sell so yeah. well there. I mean the, the chicken and chips for £7.50 is a bit of a rip off really yeah. for what you get yes. that's the only criticism I have of the fan zone is the chicken the chicken one but the tacos looked incredible they were phenomenal and the pizzas are really good as well yeah um, we need some Guinness or like a nice craft beer yeah you're not much beer. of a cider so like, I think man, you've only got you? like Heineken oh, we'll have a cider in the sun to be fair mm. gold and then can't what the, the other is so the selection of beer isn't I was thinking they could just like throw out some cans because that's still an issue orange if, if, if you're listening people bringing in cans which which i i do understand because like the, the queue is actually really long so it's you go slow. in there and it's like oh i don't want to queue for, for that long so if they have a, like, a little can bar like chuck them out for like three pound fifty or, or, or whatever make the overheads where it goes they sell, they sell cans I mean, of coke so i don't think it'd be an issue yeah i mean i think that would work but um Anyway, it sounds like we're having a bloody business meeting here. Bro, yeah. bro, he's <laughs> anyway, meeting. Long story we're, short, we bloody love the fan zone. Yes, bloody love Up it. Up the fan zone. Up the fan zone, indeed. All right, well, let's sign off there. Um, oh, I'm done score predictions for Saturday. Max, what's the score prediction for Tranmere? Uh, 3-1 gas. Oh, my word. 1-0 gas. 1-0 gas. I'm going to go 2-1 gas. 2-1 gas. A late Ryan Loft winner. Shut <laughs> up. Put your house on it. <laughs> right. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for your questions. Uh, Max said that we're going to do a pod a week from yes, now on. I'm committing. I'm Here committing he is. To right, we got, we got six games, listeners. Listen up. We've got six <laughs> games. Um, every game is a cup final and every result drastically changes the landscape. I feel like this is a pre-match team talk <laughs> so from Joey. Cry, isn't it? Go. We're going to be whacking out an episode. Hairs on the back of my neck. Max. Max. We're going to be whacking out an episode every week um, talking about how this is going to change things and, and where we are, especially oh, with, the, with the two Easter games coming up. So, yeah, we're, keep your eyes peeled every week. We're going to have an episode out and running up to the playoffs as well, which I personally am very confident we're going to make. Uh, if we don't, we'll probably just, you know, we won't record an episode for the rest of the summer after that, probably just be depressed that we missed out. But um, yeah, we're committing to it. So yeah, we're going to have an episode a week for the next five, six weeks. Oh, I'm absolutely longer. pumped now. I'm going to run down Gloucester Road naked or something. I'm, I've, I've run through brick walls for you, Max. There we go. All right. Brilliant, well, mate. yeah, there we go. So we'll sign off there. <laughs> wow. I don't know what to say after that. Uh, we will sign off there. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we will speak to you, as you just heard, next week. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. <laughs>